0: Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the Recovery College, wellbeing or research. This week's podcast comes from school and parent support.
1: My name is Alison Woods and I'm a clinical psychologist working with the Psychology in Schools team. Um, and we're very lucky today to have Bethan with us on our podcast. And Bethan is a former student of Thurston Community College. So, hi, Bethan.
0: Hi, good to be here today. Thank you.
1: Good to see you. We also have Dr. Tamara Scully, who is a clinical psychologist based at Thurston Community College. So, hi, Tamara. Hello. Okay, so the podcast today, as I said, is kind of looking at well-being and what's been helpful over the pandemic and lockdown with some tips about what might be helpful in the future. So what we're going to do first is just have a general think about how things are going at the moment. So can I ask you, Beth, and how you feel things are progressing for you?
0: I feel things have been okay right now. Obviously, when there is a change, there is a lot of uncertainty Obviously, as a big change to prepare for, and sometimes you don't really know what's going to happen in the near future because everything is just so uncertain. I think that's what I have found one of the most difficult things over the course of this pandemic.
1: Yeah inherent uncertainty in a pandemic situation is hard, and I guess because we all like to have certainty, don't we, over what's going to happen, predictability. And that can give us some sense of control maybe in our lives is that something you've found tomorrow in your work in schools
2: yeah definitely and i you know i think one of the things that kind of happen in uncertain times is we can kind of end up a little bit trapped either in the past or in the future and actually kind of what what our brains do i guess when there's lots of uncertainty is they start to play out lots of different scenarios kind of over and over again so what will happen if this happens if I don't manage to do this by then what does that mean in terms of my future and you know I think that this can often kind of lower our mood Mm -hmm. Um, and I've definitely definitely I've spoken to young people who've kind of been reporting that kind of thinking Mm -hmm. and
1: I guess some of this is kind of acknowledging that we want certainty that could be quite useful in itself i don't know if you've found this bethan that just realizing that you're seeking certainty and that you want things to feel different actually can help in itself
0: yes definitely i think definitely kind of having that stability and is what i've been kind of looking towards and hoping for i am actually autistic so i think all of the uncertainty all of the change issues that we've been facing has kind of doubled with me because I'm not the best at coping with that my brain just does not like it so um it has been incredibly difficult like right from the start when there were suddenly all of these changes and suddenly this lockdown that no 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 really experienced before um had started and it was just it was I was
2: incredibly anxious and Yeah, things have not been easy. I think, Bethan, that we sometimes underestimate, actually, how much predictability we get in our days from our structure. So, you know, school, I guess, for a lot of young people, provides structure that otherwise isn't there and 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 for me personally, I think you know I feel really grateful that i'm I'm still kind of coming into work. I still have to leave my house by a certain time and I come home at a certain time. And I think when all of that is gone, like it is for some young people who are either not in school at the moment or for young people who were working and they've been furloughed, you know, I think one of the things that's really important, but also very difficult, is making sure that you're kind of structuring your day in some way, because I think that certainly just gives us a little bit more containment.
1: Is that something that rings true for you, Bethan?
2: Definitely, yes. I
0: mean, I'm in one of the sectors that generally has to close during the lockdowns. So all of a sudden, that's, that kind of structure that routine i get from going to work and that happiness i get from being with my friends at work because i have so many really close friends there that really accept me for who i am and just i love being around all of a sudden that's kind of gone and kind of transitioning from that is not the nicest thing because you just find yourself missing everyone you find yourself missing normality you just want to go back so badly
1: So there's actually a lot in there, isn't there, Beth? And I think about not just routine and structure and purpose, but also social connection with that Uh, activity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so nice to be able to still video call people and still kind of talk digitally. I find that sometimes some events digitally works really well for me as there's not really as much of the pressure to actually go and be there physically especially if, if it doesn't really work with my schedule, but it's so much easier to just hop onto a video call. but that said, I do miss being with people personally and doing all of the things that we're used to, even though obviously it is the right thing to dis- to be socially distanced to not have that as have that so much. It's definitely good to keep the alternatives, but obviously it doesn't erase the fact that you do end up missing. Um, contact from outside your household
1: <laughs> yeah it's really really hard isn't it and and something you touched on there Beth, and I think was sort of general activities and things that you can do and I guess I was reflecting about how different maybe you both feel things are from the summer And whether there are things that you got into habits and routines in the summer that are more difficult kind of as the seasons change. I don't know if that's something that you've reflected on either of you.
0: Yeah, on my end, um, during the first lockdown, I actually went on a walk every single day um, for exercise. Well, almost every day. And during this time, the weather's not been so great. So it's not really been as easy to go on walks so frequently. Um, which has been quite sad because I did really enjoy my walks. So I would just go off nearby because um, there's a wood nearby where I am. It's quite quite a nice place to walk through. I'd just shut off from social media and everything. I'd have whatever music I love on. And it's it's just a nice
2: time. Haven't really been able to do that as much of the weather this time. I, I suppose what I was thinking is it's often... Those activities are often a really big part of our connection with other people. So for me, I think in in the summer, I did a lot of kind of meeting up with people in outside spaces for a walk or for a picnic. Um, And it was a really nice way to kind of stay in touch face to face. And I suppose that's become an awful lot more difficult because of the weather. But I think one thing that's been really helpful for me is trying to just in my mind kind of ask myself the question, well, you know, why do I want to go on this walk when the weather is rubbish? And I suppose it's not just about that physical activity, which we know is really important, but it is also about just making yourself, I suppose, just get your wet clothes, you know, your wet gear on and just go outside and have a walk with, with, Um, someone that you enjoy spending time with. And I guess just trying to be a little bit more flexible about that, because if it's much easier to get yourself outside for kind of a 15 minute walk than it is to kind of get yourself outside in the dark cold weather for for a 45 minute walk. Um, Because even just doing those things in very small quantities, I think can give our well being a really good boost.
1: I think that's a really good point because Bethan, when you were talking um about the sort of the daily walk or whatever that you might have had in the summer I also had that that I would go out maybe for an hour in the evening and it was lovely when the weather was nice because we had some good weather didn't we and I guess now from what you've said tomorrow I've tried to be more flexible so even though I'm not going out in the evening after work to walk in the sunshine and it is dark it's still worth going I don't go for so long You know, I don't go for an hour, but I might go for half an hour. So I still get physical activity. I might walk with a friend sometimes and have the social connection. So I'm still getting something from it, but I'm a bit more flexible that I maybe don't go out so long, but I'm still getting outside, can still see people and just have a bit of a break from being inside and working. So I think absolutely adjusting your goals and being more flexible with them rather than thinking, I can't do that now because it's cold. So I think that's a really good tip, actually, to think about those things that work for us and how we can adjust them now we're in a different time of year. And yep. I wonder if there are other things that maybe we were doing around the summer that we've had to adjust or change. Anyone think anything else that was helpful in terms of wellbeing and mental health in the summer that may be a bit more difficult now?
2: I think one of the things, and this might not be absolutely answering your question alison but i think one of the things that's really helpful to kind of hold in mind at the moment is the things that are still really good in our lives so you know that there are lots and lots of things that are incredibly tricky and this isn't about not recognizing that those things are there um but it's very much doing both. It's kind of saying, well it's really sad because for me, for example, I can't go home to Ireland to see my family. But I, but there are lots of things that I'm incredibly grateful for um, and like we know that our brains are kind of wired with the negativity bias so that like they're very much kind of wired to look out for the things that aren't great. But actually by practicing gratitude and by just consciously kind of making yourself think about okay well what am I grateful for today we know that we can literally train our brains to start noticing the good stuff and this you know this doesn't have to be complicated this can just be as simple as kind of every day just noting kind of three things that you're grateful for and it might be really simple stuff like you know my house was really freezing cold this morning but actually the shower was really hot and I was just really grateful that I was able to kind of step under a shower and get get very warm and I think just as a tip I suppose just just doing that consciously can can really be helpful for our well-being I'm not sure if what you guys kind of think about that
1: I don't know what you think Beth and is that something that you've heard of this idea of kind of practicing gratitudes after each day is that something you've heard
0: of yeah I've heard of that a lot um I do a lot of bullet journaling and I've often seen people incorporate the whole idea of being grateful for things into their bullet journal stuff uh for me personally what has helped is kind of having things to look forward to so for me during the first lockdown back in the spring and summer a really close friend of mine from work was really lovely and offered to actually call me on facetime every week and we would just have this really nice call we'd just chat about how things are chat about literally anything and everything and it just that did give me something really to look forward to and for me as well as an autistic person um we have our interests which we absolutely love and if there are a events for that to look forward to. Say, for example, on my end, a I'm really into K-pop, and a group that I really like released their new album last week, and that's been something that I have been really I focused on. I was like, right, I really want to listen to this. I'm really excited for this album. It's something nice that kind of keeps you going.
1: That's really important. So it sounds like looking forward. And having things coming up that are pleasurable and enjoyable is so important. I think also for motivation and to keep us hopeful. Because I think it's fair to say in this pandemic situation... That we can sometimes have periods can't we of feeling low in mood and a bit despondent at times that's kind of normal and to be expected at times isn't it and and i think it's important sometimes to make plans even if they're small goals or slightly amended goals you may not be doing everything you want to do in the next few months but there are still things you can do and it can really boost your mood can't it to have those things on the calendar in the diary to focus on. And it sounds like that's something that's given you pleasure, Bethan, to think about these things happening in the future.
0: Definitely, 100% has definitely really helped.
2: And and I suppose one of the things that it's kind of making me think about is, you know, this recognition that actually it's really normal at the moment for, for young people and for people in general, actually, to be experiencing kind of difficulties with their mood. Um, but I suppose it's also worth thinking about how do we recognize when someone is beginning to struggle beyond what we would consider to be normal for the for the current context. Um, and the things that are really important to kind of hold in mind, I guess, are how long you're kind of feeling, how long your mood has been really low. You know, we know that periods of low mood are are really normal and we all have them. But it's it's when you kind of notice that your mood is low and you notice that it's staying low for kind of a much longer period of time. And I guess the other things um, just to kind of be mindful of are normally when people really begin to struggle with a significant low mood they really start to struggle with their motivation levels so it can become really hard to kind of get yourself up and moving even for things that you really really like and your interest level often kind of really drops off and then they and then additional struggles I suppose we often see in, in the clinic are people really finding it hard to sleep So they're either finding it really tricky to kind of get to sleep at night or they find it really hard to kind of stay asleep through the night. Um, And we often notice kind of changes in eating patterns. Um, And I guess it's just helpful to kind of hold some of those things in mind and think about the impact that those things are having, are they beginning to kind of stop you from engaging in your normal routine? Are they beginning to stop you kind of from engaging in activities that you normally really enjoy? So I just think that that it's just helpful to kind of hold that in mind.
1: Yeah, they're really important points, aren't they? And I think um, what you've said there tomorrow at the end about inactivity is important to say, isn't it that sometimes when low mood becomes entrenched and it's happening over a longer period We can stop doing the things that are so important to us, usually things that we enjoy, things we love doing. And then we can tend to have thoughts that might be my life isn't really worth very much. My life's boring. I'm not doing anything. Potentially feeling quite critical of ourselves, then feeling lower in mood, doing even less than we normally would. And as you said, maybe sleeping more, maybe eating more or less and can be quite hard to get out of. And it's particularly difficult, as you said, Tamara, that sometimes when we feel low, we feel very tired, very exhausted, which makes it really hard to do things. And we have to kind of try and override that sense of fatigue to become more active because that then will increase our mood. But that can be a little vicious cycle, can't it, that we get stuck in.
2: And and interestingly, just kind of linking in with that point is we did some workshops with the year 11s last week. And I guess one of the things that quite a few young people were saying is that you know, normally when I'm feeling kind of a bit anxious or I'm feeling a bit low, you know, I get out on the football pitch and I kind of run around for an hour and I you know, I see my friends. We have a bit of banter and actually that kind of gives me that boost that you're kind of talking about Alison, but I suppose at the moment. All of that extracurricular stuff is, it's not accessible. So strategies that kind of all of us use to manage this stuff have been taken away and it's just, it's really, I think it's really helpful just to kind of notice for yourself um, that, you know, the things that maybe really help you aren't there and to just spend a bit of time thinking about, well, I'm not able to go and play football today, but actually, is there anything that I could do that might give me a little bit of what I get from football, for example. I'm just going to make a quick announcement before we go on. Um, As we're talking about low mood, it's worth mentioning a research study that NSFT are running for young people called the READY trial. This study aims to see if physical activity improves the symptoms of low mood in young people between the ages of 13 and 17. Um, Young people that take part will be asked to attend one of three groups twice a week for 12 weeks. The group activities will either be high intensity exercise, low intensity exercise or social non-exercise based activities. So if you or someone you know is suffering from low mood, you may be interested in taking part in this study any young people who are interested in finding out a little bit more should contact the research team at nsft by email so their email address is researchinfo at nsft.nhs.uk that's researchinfo at nsft.nhs.uk and we will also put this information in the show notes
1: Is that something you've noticed Bethan? that you've kind of had to think around these activities and maybe adjust those things you normally do?
0: I mean I think so as well I mean personally I find it easier if I'm not feeling great sometimes I do find it easier to talk to somebody in person because sometimes it's also easier for them to then notice because sometimes you may just notice if someone's not just not themselves and that you just check in on them and it's sometimes trickier to do that when you're away because if you want to reach out for help if you want to talk to somebody you don't want to feel like you're bothering them or going at a bad time or being annoying and I think it is definitely trying to get past those feelings of that and I think what has also been helpful on my end is some of my friends have actually been checking in on me quite frequently or if something has happened say the announcement of a lockdown or the announcement of new restrictions and changes I would usually have at least one person just drop me a message to say hi are you okay with everything right now and that really does open up a conversation and it really does help. So, I think we definitely need to get into the practice of checking in on people if you know they're struggling with certain situations.
1: That's really good, and it's really highlighted the benefits of reaching out to people for all of us when we need help. That it gives us the opportunity to receive understanding, doesn't it? Empathy, validation, kind of understand why you're feeling the way you are, which is so important, isn't it? I think, in times like this. And I think also developing compassion with ourselves because. Again, we can tend sometimes to be a bit self-critical and actually we're all going through what is a really difficult situation and it is hard to cope with.
2: I think that uh, Bethan is is such a fantastic point because what a lot of parents will often say to me is, you know, we don't know what to do. And even what a lot of young people will say to me is we, we don't know what to do when someone kind of is struggling with a low mood. You know, we're not, and they'll say things like, you know, we we're not qualified. It's about being human, and it's just about saying, are Are you okay? It It looks like things might be a bit tricky for you at the moment. Because sometimes that's enough. Because then you just feel like that person sees you, and they recognise that you're having a tough time at the moment.
1: Is that something that kind of resonates with you, Bethan?
0: Yeah, I think that is a really good point. I think it's very easy at the moment because everyone's having. A difficult time for their own reasons and a lot of things are happening it's very easy to kind of look at your own issues and think oh I probably shouldn't talk about these other people are going through way more than me mine I just need to deal with this I think at the end of the day if you are having problems with your own issues it's definitely still important to talk about it I mean my main issues were predominantly just missing my work friends and just wanting to go back and I was just there uh, thinking sometimes, oh, why am I complaining about this? People are having so many bigger problems right now. And I think while it's often good to recognise that there are people who are going through very significant loss right now for all sorts of reasons, um, it's important to make sure you're OK
2: as well. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and you can do both, can't you? You know, I, I think you can do both. You can, You can very much... Recognize and empathize with people who are going through really significant loss at the moment and you can recognize and empathize with yourself that actually life is a bit hard at the moment and, and that's OK, but sometimes sometimes it's tricky, isn't it? We don't give ourselves that much permission to do that sometimes and actually it's OK and it's really helpful.
1: I guess actually, better than what you've um, highlighted there is the importance of social connection, which we know is so important, isn't it, in mood, well-being, motivation, having a sense of hope, and connection with others. So actually, what you're talking about is so fundamental, isn't it? Needing that social connection and contact with people it's hugely important for all of us, I think.
2: And I, I suppose what that makes me think a little bit about is the kind of the flip side of that. So, you know, at the moment, um, and it will be really helpful, and to kind of hear your, your ideas about this. But at the moment, there's a lot of young people who are kind of at home with their parents a lot. And, you know, we know that developmentally we are, you know, you're by, you know, young people are biologically programmed to kind of be moving away from their parents to be developing kind of their own identity and peer groups become so much more important. And, you know, suddenly, even though we're able to access an amount of that kind of virtually, you know, a lot of that is stopped for young people. And, and I, I have definitely spoken to young people who are finding it incredibly difficult to kind of just be at home with their siblings and their parents kind of all of the time. Um, and, and they've identified this as kind of a significant source of kind of stress and, and low mood, I guess. I don't know, Beth, and how you're kind of experiencing that.
0: Yeah, on my end, during the first lockdown, most of my family were off. My sisters were out of education and work as well. I was out of work. My dad was working from home. Um, My mum is a key worker, so she was still out working. But for us as a family, we did have that opportunity to kind of do things together. So obviously, although you are like separated, trying to separate yourself, it is good to kind of connect and do things. So we would end up We'd play, sometimes play some games together if we were all together and that was really good fun. I think it is definitely good to have that connection and not feel alone. But obviously, I think it does depend on your family dynamic as well, because often there will be people who are in very difficult situations family wise. Maybe family is dealing with a loss or they are having some difficulties with
2: and personal situations. And I think it is important to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there was a really nice saying um, during the first lockdown that I, I read in quite a number of articles, this idea that, you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. Um, and I, I think that's a really good point, Beth. And I think, a lot of us have had kind of very different experiences and for some people actually being at home and not being able to go out has been way trickier than it has been for other young people who've been really able to value that time with with your family yeah and
1: i think it's really important to acknowledge that and i think also something i was thinking tomorrow when you mentioned the sort of developmental stage really i think there's also something about um those younger years when you're you're looking at goals and you're looking at moving your life ahead in ways that is different when you're much older. And I think I wonder better how that feels in terms of what the pandemic has done in terms of what you were planning to do and what you want from your life and the effects of that, because I imagine that, that would feel potentially frustrating, the kind of hold that the pandemic has put on certain activities for young people.
0: Definitely I mean on my end um, I before the pandemic I was also beginning to develop a campaign to encourage schools to educate students about disability and things were going really well with that I'd start I'd just done my first ever like in school talk and it went so well and then things literally almost immediately after that's when things started to change with COVID and Suddenly, with the lockdown, all of that was kind of gone. And I thought to myself at the beginning of the lockdown, I need to just step back and use this time to look after myself, not expecting it would go on for a long time. And during that time, it very much felt like an endless void because you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know when it's going to end, you don't know if it's going to end you don't have that excitement anymore it just feels very monotonous and as nice as it is to constantly like do little like fun things I just felt very slightly disappointed with myself if that makes any sense but this time during during the second lockdown uh, things had changed a lot I had still had my job um, albeit differently because there were some things that happened over the summer that I probably won't go into. Um, and I started on some freelance projects, which have been really exciting. But a lot of that I could do remotely. So I still had that thing to give me focus and something else to do that has made me feel a bit more like things are actually progressing in my life. I mean, from a student perspective, I imagine it must be very different. Um, obviously different schools have done different things with online learning and doing things remotely and there's obviously all of the stress of exams being cancelled and whatever the heck is happening at the universities I feel so I feel so awful for students right now for everything they're going through it's so difficult and I feel it's just I feel it's going to have a really horrendous effect on mental health of students in the long term and I think we need to be prepared for this it's there has been an ongoing mental health crisis in the country if that makes sense but I think it is going to worsen with the effects of this pandemic and I wouldn't be surprised if a huge amount of that was young
1: people yeah I think that's right and I think it is it's interesting what you've said Bethan about you going through this phase of being so excited about something new and Having some achievement around the work in schools and then, like you said, it suddenly is on hold. And I think it kind of highlights to me, although we can feel feelings of loss for things that aren't happening anymore, things that have stopped happening, we can also feel really strong sense of loss and sadness for things we expected to happen. So we can really feel loss for our expected future. So even though it hasn't happened yet, we can certainly feel that. And I wonder if that resonates a little bit with you there, Bethan.
0: Definitely. Honestly, there's been, I had lots of plans for this year. um, And I would actually say that at the beginning of this year, with a lot of the things that were happening and how happy I was, it was going to look to be one of the best years of my life. And there were so many things that I was looking forward to later in the year, be it like campaign related that I was going to develop and try and make more change happen or even personal things like going to Comic Con and trying for my first ever concert. I didn't even get to try for tickets for that in the end because the ticket date not only got cancelled, the whole tour got cancelled. So I think it's just looking at it is very difficult to kind of see it in that perspective what the year could have been and what you lost. But also kind of looking at what you gained about it in the end um the things that you did enjoy in the year and the just because some there have been some very unique digital experiences with what people have been doing to try and move things online so say some artists have been doing online concerts Um, some some companies have been doing like little conventions for specific interests like anime or comics they've moved that all online and I think it's been interesting to kind of get that experience of any of the things that you were missing out on in person it's a unique experience online so I think it's good at looking at both ways
1: yeah that's important isn't it it sounds like it's important to both acknowledge what's been lost acknowledge what hasn't happened and it's okay to feel sad and disappointed about that but also to recognise, it sounds like Beth, and some unique opportunities which have come out of this and things that just probably wouldn't have happened before that you've been able to experience.
0: I think it also is good to acknowledge that I found during the lockdown, and, the, and I'm not the only one who spotted this, there seemed to be a real pressure on not wasting that time. And A lot of people were saying about how they've probably baked their fiftieth loaf of bread over the time, or learned a language, or tried just being hyper productive and not um, quote unquote letting the time go to waste. And I think that does also put pressure on people. Um, And at the end of the day, it's a tough time. It's okay to not be productive if you want to spend a hundred hours playing Animal Crossing go do it. If you want to just draw something, just do it. If you just want, if you just feel like existing, that's okay. You don't need to do anything and everything during the time you have off. If you don't mentally feel up to it, don't pressure yourself to do it.
1: There's some really wise words there, I think, tomorrow, don't you think?
2: Oh my gosh, incredibly wise, incredibly wise. And I, I think the person that it, that those words make me think of, Bethan, is matt haig who's who's written lots of kind of books around mental health and actually he's he's you you've, you've just said that point so eloquently and actually i think it's an incredibly important permission to give ourselves um, in these times
1: i think it's probably a really nice place to kind of bring the discussion to a close to really concentrate on self-compassion being kind to ourselves acknowledging how difficult it is and looking after ourselves and that's something Bethan that you said about making sure you take care of yourself I noticed as you were talking there and how important that is as well.
2: Great right. thank you very much.
1: And thank you for taking part Bethan it's been really good to talk to you and listen to you today.
0: And Thank you for having me I appreciate it and I really hope that in some way it was useful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank,
1: you, thank very you very much. much.
0: for listening please do subscribe it's free and means a podcast will automatically download every fortnight do rate and review mental health and you and follow our social media accounts they're all in the show notes and more than anything look after yourself